is Bridgerton Fancast, a podcast about Netflix's biggest show, Bridgerton, and we're its hosts. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me at Musings on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Rita. I live in England, and I'm at Rita Bites on Instagram and Twitter. This week, we are going to be discussing the seventh episode of the first season. <laughs> I'm so glad I can say that. <laughs> Uh, uh, but before we start, uh, we need to ask you, please, not to listen to this week's podcast in front of children or anyone who may be sensitive to discussions of a sexual nature. Episode 7 was called Oceans Apart, and it was written by Jay Ross and Abby McDonald. It was directed by Alric Riley. Here is an overly detailed recap to remind you of what went down. <laughs> okay, so the episode began at Cliveden with Daphne aggressively banging on her piano and Simon tried to shoot some pigeons out in the garden at the same time but they kept irritating each other. Uh, They're obviously not in a great place after the previous episode but the fun times continue at a very tense dinner. They do that thing where they get the servants to pass messages to each other (coughs) despite the fact that they're in the exact same room and it's super awkward. I'm like don't do this in front of the children (laughs) those poor servants they are fighting about daphne moving into a different bedroom but before they can settle the matter the newest lady whistledown is delivered the one that outed marina's pregnancy so daphne makes plans to immediately leave for london and simon insists on going with her portia featherington is trying to find a charitable institution that will take in marina's baby she comes into trouble when they demand to be paid for their services For lest we forget that the Featheringtons, they broke. They very, very broke. Daphne arrives in London and finds her family trying to minimize the fallout from the scandal. She hopes that her and Simon's return to town will cause enough of a hubbub to quiet the whispers of the tongue. Colin is upset that he cannot even see Marina for fear of sparking off more talk. Daphne tries to convince him that if he is lucky, he learned of Marina's deception before they married. She's not projecting at all. Not at all. No. No, mm -mm. Uh, In the end, she is convinced to set up a secret meeting between the couple. Simon, meanwhile, is boxing against Will because, you know, he either punches things or drinks to deal with his emotions. (laughs) This time, he's chosen punching. Will, however, is not a moron, so he attempts to try and talk to him about what happened on his honeymoon. But, you know, unfortunately, the scene doesn't end with any kind of meaningful sharing because we're five minutes into the show and there's more brooding. (laughs) Back at Hastings House, the Duke's London residence, and Daphne can't sleep. Does this girl ever rest? Get that melatonin, bitch! I'm tired of saying the sentence! Anyway. She watches Simon creep up the stairs late at night. Is this truly what our marriage will be for the future? You out all night doing God knows what with God knows whom. With whom? We won't be. Not three weeks since we were wed, it already imagined me disloyal. Is it such a wild imagining? We both know your reputation, your grace. Wow, they've been married three weeks. Even Kim Kardashian managed 72 days before that went kablooey. Anywho, Simon asks if she believes that there's nothing left of their marriage and they start to aggressively make out. He then drags her over to the staircase, not very comfy if you ask me, and he eats her 
out to completion, which <laughs> takes some skill. I'm very proud of you, Simon. Yes. Congrats on the orgasm, Daphne. Yes. Uh, when Daphne tries to take things further, Simon stops her. He tells her that their sexual relationship is over, that he will only remain in her life if she has become pregnant to care for the child, but that he plans on leading a totally separate life from her. Damn. An awkward come down. Yeah. <laughs> from that high yeah exactly uh the next day daphne invites marina around to her home so that colin may speak with her colin tells her that he doesn't believe that was what was wrote about her and marina tells him that it's true Doi! colin is heartbroken <laughs> that she doesn't actually love him marina in typical marina fashion doesn't apologize or take any responsibility for her own actions and instead insists that no one truly helped me or guided me in a different direction. Girl, what? Wow. Oh. Hmm. Penelope did nothing but help you, and you spat that back in her face last week. So, back to the scene where Colin is hashtag unimpressed, and as he leaves the room, tells her that, ironically, he was so in love with her that he probably would have married her if she had just been honest about being pregnant. Yep. So, in the immortal words of DJ Khaled, congratulations, you played yourself. Just the highest brow of references on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the Bridgertons and the Duke and Duchess arrive at the Queen's Luncheon, which is actually some kind of garden party in the Buckingham Palace. The newlyweds are immediately flocked with well wishes, including the Queen herself, who says she has a hundred guineas down on there being a Hastings heir within the year. And now that I'm thinking about it, a hundred guineas? You're the Queen! You can afford more than that! Anyway, she asks if Daphne is yet with child. Casual reminder, they haven't even been married a month, so how the hell would anyone know yet? You know who else is at this party? Lady Danbury. Oh, how I missed her last week, and here she is wearing a snazzy, slanted hat, rocking a cane like a bad bitch. She congratulates Daphne on her excellent diversion tactic, and invites her to a super special secret married ladies soiree. Hashtag, no boys allowed. (laughs) Uh, More queen shenanigans. Uh, She calls over Eloise and asks her how the Whistledown investigation is going. Eloise still has nothing because she's not actually doing anything but making well guesses. And this displeases the queen, who commands Eloise, get her, an answer. Now! Uh, The party comes to a grinding halt as the Featherington ladies arrive. All the matrons in attendance were aghast. I, I I swear you could almost hear, you know, like a pull of a needle across a record. You would think door. like a mass murderer had just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, Eloise pulls Penelope aside and asks her how things are. Penelope confesses that they haven't had any callers in days and that her mother suspects they are ruined. Eloise promises to find Lady Whistledown and make her print a retraction to restore her family's reputation. Portia approaches Violet and tries to convince her that she had no idea of Marina's plans. Violet cuts her without a word. (laughs) And the Featheringtons are escorted from the party in shame. 
Daphne walks off into the gardens by herself and is followed by her mother who suspects that something is wrong with her. Oh, I wonder. And <coughs> asks her to share. My marriage is far from perfect. Well, then share your thoughts. Perhaps I can offer my wisdom. Or perhaps you will send me off with more vague metaphors and trite remarks. Darling, I, I am merely trying to be of help. Do you know what might have truly helped matters? If your motherly advice had actually prepared me to wed... Whatever do you mean? I mean, Mama, that you sent me out into the world no better than a fool. A mic drop. Uh, Daphne <laughs> then goes to visit Marina. Um, Daphne apologises to her for misjudging her, and she says she understands? I mean, <gasps> I certainly don't. I mean, please enlighten me, Daphne. What is there to understand? Marina tells her about Sir George. And Daphne offers to speak to a general on her behalf and have Sir George found. <laughs> okay, <laughs> why has it taken seven episodes and seemingly months for someone to suggest this very simple thing? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Portia Featherington blames her husband for her newfound for their newfound ruined status. Um, after all, if it weren't for his gambling debts, they could have shipped Marina Thompson back to God knows where when they realized she was a scandal waiting to happen. Baron Featherington reacts to this by doing something even stupider. He goes to Will the Boxing Hottie and asks him to throw his next match in exchange for a huge payout. Will is insulted, but Featherington leaves his card anyway. I think we're supposed to suspect Will might do it, but there's no way in hell. He is a good man. That is very rare on this show, and I shan't doubt him. Uh, Daphne arrives at the super special secret married lady soiree hosted by Lady Danbury and finds herself sat at a table with Lady Trowbridge, Lucy Granville, and Kitty Langham. They are going hashtag wild, drinking expensive spirits, and gambling away all their husband's money. They go full Kardashians. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the most fun at a party anyone has had all season, and Daphne takes to it like a duck to water, drinking excessively and winning a bunch of cash money. <clears throat> In the process, Daphne befriends Kitty Langham the general's wife, who offers to tell her where she can write to him. Meanwhile, Simon is getting drunk at his club when Anthony arrives and starts babbling about the colour and bubbles of his beer, which rather winds Simon up and made me actually giggle. <laughs> there, such hashtag yes. bros. Anthony infers that something has gone horribly wrong in the marriage and starts pushing Simon to talk about it, which makes Simon, of course, turn on him. You certainly make it look difficult. I beg your pardon. Not with your constant struggles, you cannot manage it, can Haste. you? Your responsibility. You, fulfilling the promise that every firstborn son makes to his father before he dies. Do you think he is looking down on you now? Ashamed? Mortified at what you have done? I wonder what would the former Viscount say? At this point in the episode, I straight up screamed, Your daddy wants you to punch him, Anthony! <laughs> at the TV. And then Anthony certainly uh, does. <laughs> they get into what can only be described as a brawl, with Anthony straight up flipping Simon over a table. Like, <laughs> what is this, WWE? What am I, what am I watching? <laughs> 
Daphne returns home that night and helps Simon clean his wounds, and it immediately becomes filled with sexual tension, because that's how the cliché goes. She sits on his lap and they kiss. It's super romantic and sweet. Daphne then breaks the spell by saying, A child would be a blessing. (laughs) Again, needle across a record. (laughs) Oh, read the room. (laughs) Yes. Uh, She wants to know why he has decided he doesn't want children, which probably should have been her first question last episode, but here we are. Uh, Simon explains that he swore an oath, blah, blah, blah. You know the story by now. But Daphne hears this and gets angry and accuses him of hating his father more than he might love her. We then get another Lady Whistledown voiceover during a montage of Simon and Daphne avoiding each other in their gigantic mansion. The only time they seem to spend time in the same room is when they check Daphne's bedsheets for signs that her period has started. And it hasn't yet. Um, the possibility of a little air still dangles above them. Over at Bridgerton House, Eloise and Penelope are brainstorming about Lady Whistledown's possible identity. They realise that the edition that singled out Marina was different because it contained information not yet publicly available outside of the Featherington home. Eloise theorises that perhaps a tradesperson overheard something the servants were discussing because, quite frankly, nobody was keeping that secret very well hidden. No. Mm -mm. Penelope suggests that Eloise attend the opera that night to keep the Queen abreast of the latest development. Daphne tells Marina that she has written to the general. Marina is immediately dismissive because she thinks that without Simon's signature, he will just ignore her. <laughs> She's a freaking duchess. He is gonna write back. Uh, but Marina calls Daphne unworldly and then leaves, having given up all hope. She's just the worst, you oh. guys, at every opportunity. <laughs> Let's see. So, Anthony apologizes to Colin. Colin likens it to the end of days. He's not wrong. Uh, Anthony tells him that the pain will pass and soon it will be as if he never loved her at all. Uh Uh-huh. How has that worked out for you? Referring, of course, to the opera singer, who I shan't name again, for the rage it will bring out in Rita. Fear not, Anthony. Season two is going to mend your heart. Violet Bridgerton helps Eloise prepare for her night at the opera, and she is serving up some Audrey Hepburn in War and Peace vibes. (laughs) Stunning. Uh, Violet seems to have taken in all the things Daphne screamed at her about earlier and reassures Eloise that if she's not prepared to take her place in society, that she can wait until she feels ready. Eloise is like, hey, if the queen's there... I'm there. Okay, so Simon catches Daphne holding her hand over an imaginary bump as she looks in the mirror, and I was like, girl, Uh it's not even been three weeks. Yeah. Uh, And he interrupts her to leave for the opera because they are attending together. Already at the opera is Benedict, who bumps into his, let's face it, his only friend, Sir Granville, (laughs) and asks him to explain his situation. Granville explains that he's in love with Lord Weatherby and that his wife is just super chill with the situation because the arrangement affords her wealth and freedom and she can screw whoever she likes. Girls are living the best life. Yes. Benedict, however, isn't impressed. 
We live on a constant threat of danger, Bridgerton. I risk my life every day for love. You have no idea what it is like to be in a room with someone you cannot live without. And yet still feel as though you are oceans apart. Stealing your glances, disguising your touches. We cannot so much as smile at each other without first ensuring no one else is watching. It takes courage to live outside the traditional expectations of society. You talk of doing the same. But perhaps it is merely just that. Okay, consider yourself called out, Benny. <laughs> Eloise meets with the Queen in the royal box and tells her of her theory, clearly expecting her to be impressed. But Queen Charlotte is like, is that all? She's already hired a team of Bow Street runners to find Lady Whistledown and silence her. Eloise is distressed because she needs Lady Whistledown to save Penelope's reputation. She runs into Benedict in the foyer and together they scamper out of the opera before the show even starts, which is a waste of money, but okay. <laughs> yeah. On the carriage ride home, they stop and pick up Madame Delacroix, which is as bloody awkward as you can imagine. Somehow, because Madame Delacroix knows the Featheringtons are ousted from society, Eloise concludes that Delacroix is Lady Whistledown, and there are a series of dramatic flashbacks to prove it. Whoa, Eloise, figure it mm-hmm. out. <laughs> the opera begins from his box seats. Anthony spots the opera singer, who I shan't name again, for the rage it will bring out in Rita. She is with another man, and Anthony has a sad Intercut with Vivaldi of the opera, added, uh, you know, for added drama, Marina sneaks into the kitchen and starts combining random items to, into tea, which she then drinks. Back at the opera, and Simon reaches out to hold Daphne's hand. It's sweet for a little while, until she gasps and runs out of the seating area. Over at the Featheringtons, Penelope goes to speak to Marina and finds her passed out on her bedroom floor. Back at the opera, and Daphne has just discovered she has her period. The show makes the bold choice of showing the menstrual blood. I mean, sad that it's 2020 and it's kind it's of bold. taken this long. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there. We know. Anyway, we approve of this. Hmm. And then Violet Bridgerton barges in to comfort her when she starts sobbing mournfully. Simon listens to her cry from his, his seat. The end. Oh my god, that was so much. That was too oh, much. And all of it yes. was sad. <laughs> so, so uh, storylines. Uh, Simon and Daphne. Oh god, so their dynamic this week was just a total mess. I mean, as you would, ex- <laughs> you would expect. I think mm-hmm. the first time through, I was just so mad at both of them. <laughs> I love the episode <laughs> Angry, and I remember I messaged you immediately like, I'm angry at Daphne! Um... <laughs> I think the fact uh, um, the fact that I can't just play the next episode and I just have to sit with these horrible feelings made it <laughs> the ending so much worse. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. But I think on on second and third watch, um, I really appreciate the performances of the actors mm-hmm. for selling the hell, the hell out of these angsty scenes. Uh, um, yeah. But also, I think I thought more about how these characters are actually feeling in the moment and less about how I just want them to get back together. (laughs) 
I mean, and these are really big problems in a marriage to process yes. and overcome. And I have to be patient when they're terrible at talking about their feelings. Um, but my God, they are bad. They are bad communicators. <laughs> I feel yes. they are like one good conversation apart from reconciling. <laughs> they're just like, you just need to sit down and everyone just talk. Um and then they'd be take a minute just take a minute to process your information mm-hmm. right and then yeah. everybody say how they feel and they got they got really close in that scene where she wipes his face but i think yes i think until they both actually talk about simon's childhood properly like mm-hmm. daphne's not gonna understand she i think at the moment she's just thinking i want a baby and um She's dismissive. She's not understanding. Yeah, she's not understanding what the the man went through, you know, with his father. And so, you know, I I thought that it was it was very hard to watch these two as they struggled through uh dealing with what had happened. Um, you know, I thought that you know, and I should have known better because this is the 7th episode. And we still have one more to go. And, uh, you know, that it wasn't going to be a, you know, if not instant, uh, a quick reconciliation that we were going to have to spend uh, the episode with them kind of locked in battle, um, silent battle um, over the situation. Because, you know, as we discussed last week, you know, there was some pretty freaking serious shit that went down between the two of them and uh you know it's definitely not something that's gonna get taken care of with a quick little band-aid solution so uh but i too um like you uh really truly commend um uh the the actors for how they handled this content um, in such a way that showed not only the anger, but also the heartbreak and longing, um, that these two have for one another. So. I think more than anything, you really saw how much they hurt each other. Yeah. They really hurt each other and it was really like heartbreaking to watch them just sort of miss each other and they're in the same room and you're like just just talk yeah. it's so frustrating um because yeah. you just feel like that they just don't have the skills to solve this problem for themselves i'm like how mm-hmm. are they gonna do it i don't know um yeah. but yeah. we root we root for it because honestly they're gonna be miserable until they sort it out and it's not fun to watch yeah i hope that lady danbury can come in and just smack them both around the head like come on let me sort this out for you will you two grow out yes will you two grow up um okay marina and colin you know i was very happy when marina finally got to be honest with colin and then she admitted she never Mm -hmm. loved him it was brutal for colin but totally Mm -hmm. necessary to get him to wake up to reality because when he was like Oh, maybe she's not pregnant. It's just lies. I wanted to smack him around the head. <laughs> I was just like, mm-hmm. come on. Why do you think she was pushing for you to elope? Um, <laughs> come on, child. You know, put two and two together. I know you have a brain in that pretty little head of yours. Um, you know, put two and two together. 
I just wish she had at some point would have apologized to him. The fact that she never did and just made excuses made it really hard to like her. Yeah. Or to feel sympathy yeah. for this thing she did. She still seems super myopic when it comes to understanding other people. She's just like, well, I had to do it. Yeah, deal with it. I had to <laughs> deal with it. I'm not going to... I'm like, she apologized to Daphne and not to Colin, which was a... I know! <laughs> I want... I, that made me I angrier. I was like, Colin is the person you've hurt here. Daphne is a bystander. She is married as well. <laughs> Daphne's the only one that gets out of this scandal scot-free. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would make more sense to apologize to Eloise, who's next season she has just ruined. Um... I mean, I think this whole episode, the show is really trying to push the Marina is sympathetic angle. Yeah. Um, I did not buy in because <laughs> just she was awful. Uh, and I'm also like really <laughs> uncomfortable with the show framing Sir George's action as a crime, a word they actually mm-hmm. used in this storyline, crime. Yeah. They managed to blame him for knocking her up. Like he did, he did it single handedly. Yeah, it's like, um, sweetie, yeah, takes two to tango. You were there, obviously you tangoed. <laughs> it completely strips Marina of any consequences or agency. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I I hate yeah. when writers <laughs> do this. They think it's like a feminist way to write the show, and it's like no. Just excusing any woman's bad actions with some pseudo-feminism, it's actually <laughs> insulting to me as a woman. I'm like, uh, yes. no thank you. I'm not a pure victim. Yeah. I can face the con- consequences <laughs> of my bad actions like a grown-up. So should Marina. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to have a stroke. <sighs> thank you. This is also like very. She went full Elizabeth Poldark in this this episode. I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes!" It's like not again. When she was drinking that tea, I was like, "Oh, I'm having, I'm having like PTSD." <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Hey, I, I don't have anything else to add to to this whole thing. Um, you nailed it flat on the head. Um, and sank it into the wood. Well done, my girl. So another thing that sort of sprang up randomly this episode was Daphne's relationship with Marina, a person I don't think she's ever had a scene before. But she was suddenly like, they were suddenly like best friends. And Daphne was like, Daphne was like, oh, I understand you. We're the same. And I was like, what? Because you both made questionable choices recently? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's really the only thing that they have in common in this whole thing. I mean, you know, granted, I think she got pouty. You know, if we search the memory banks uh, back several episodes, you know, she did get pretty cranky about uh, Marina getting uh, a shit ton of callers whilst hers dried up. Um, <laughs> you know, although they, they dried up probably not by any fault of her own, but because, uh, Anthony was being a, a, a real twat. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's, that is basically what the two of them had prior to this episode. And I was just like, um, 
really? You know, I'm, I'm hoping, and I think this is true, that she did all of this because of her love for her brother. It wasn't played that way, though, at all. I, I, I know, oh. I know. It was like, oh, I must, I must help Marina, and I must find out what's going on with her, and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, it was like there was a little kernel of um, she's in love with someone else, so let me try and prove that. But I... It, it it came across it came across more as let me help Marina, you know, figure her shit out. It really, to me, sort of seemed like she was projecting her own issues mm-hmm. onto Marina and like being like, "Well, I didn't know about sex, so Marina didn't know about sex, and suddenly she's pregnant, and it's her, her, it's." What what's his name again? So whatever's f- George. Uh, Sir George. It's George's fault. He and to a certain extent, George is responsible. George didn't. Yeah, George didn't tell her about you know the consequences of what was going to happen. What could happen? But I mean, like that's, what? That's not really. Also, again, it's not really George's job to inform her. Right. It's like these people's parents should be telling them. Um, and also mm-hmm. like. We, I never really got the impression that Marina was that igno- as ignorant as Daphne, and she kept calling her unworldly as well. So I was like, "Yeah, didn't Marina live on a farm?" Yeah, that is that is shorthand for yeah. she knows what sex is. Yeah, in any romance yeah. Novel. So yeah, I just don't get. The, I don't know. Maybe she was completely ignorant of the consequences, but she kept checking her bed for a period, so she couldn't mm-hmm. have been that ignorant. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like, I was just like, Daphne, stop involving yourself in this drama and go help your brother who is upset. Um, yes. I mean, obviously, Marina does need someone to find Sir George for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why has it taken this show so long for someone <laughs> to suggest this? Like, it's it's, oh. it's the first thing Baron Featherington would have tried. Um, yep. Oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, wait a second. I don't think Baron Featherington gives a rat's ass about any of these people in his life. No, he's the worst. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I doubt that he would have tried to check. Um, her parents? Where are her parents? Her parents should have at least given this a go. Why didn't she, as soon as she found out she was pregnant, I would have got on a carriage, I would have gone... To the countryside, had that baby in secret with my parents, mm. Mm, and then yeah. given it up to a villager, like any historical romance novel. <laughs> 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 oh, then that would God. have been my tragic backstory when I met my next husband. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Every turn, I think Marina is doing absolutely nothing. Daphne came along and basically gave her a plan for how she can save herself. Um, just in the same way that Baroness Featherington did previously. And now mm-hmm. Daphne's going to, like, sort this whole thing for her because Marina's only idea is to just, like, drink some stupid potion. Like, what, <laughs> Marina? Also, if you were going to try and give yourself an abortion, you should have tried it months ago when it was safer. Yes. I mean, oh. Yeah. She's so yeah. thick. I'm sorry, Marina lovers, <laughs> but every time she is just dumb. Oh, God. Got to give it to Elizabeth 
Poldark, she may be making bad decisions, but she's doing them in a timely manner. Marina waits until, yeah. <laughs> until the last. She's like, everybody's found out I'm pregnant. <laughs> now I, I'll do I guess it. I better. I guess I better try and do something. About it. <laughs> oh, Marina. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh gosh. Okay. Finally, Eloise's search for Lady Whistledown. I mean, finally, she attempted to do something because yeah. previously she's just gone. Oi, is it you? And they've been like, no. <laughs> uh, no. Sorry. How about you? Uh, yeah. Wild guesses do not a detective make. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is baffling that she thinks she's helping the queen in some way. I know. And every time she I asked know. her, she was just like, no, I haven't done anything yet. And it's like, Eloise, this is like your life's passion. This is your one goal. This is your one storyline. You've been going about how you're... You're more than just a future bride or whatever. And mm-hmm. you're not devoting yourself to this in the slightest. Um, yes. Terrible move. <laughs> um, um, and also just like the fact that she she, she figured out that Madame de la Croix knew something about the Featheringtons and was like, oh, well, <laughs> that means yeah. she's whistled down. I was like, really? Must be. It's like, you know, there are all kinds of things that uh, Delacroix could know about people in the town. You know, it's not just like, oh, you know something about the Featheringtons. You must be the person. Like, no, there's all kinds of shit that people can can know. And God knows the Featheringtons have a bucket load of stuff <laughs> going on in their world. Like I said, they were not very good at hiding the secret. The servants were talking about it. The girls were talking mm-hmm. about it. There were like people in th- coming to visit. Th- that guy that liked the cheese was in the house while they were talking about it. It could mm-hmm. be him! I mean, <laughs> cheese man. <laughs> you are lady with man. Um, I think this, honestly though, the, the theory is the strongest one she's had yet because I was like, yeah. that would be a, a good position to reap the, all the gossip, but also when is she going to find time to write this column? She's a working mm-hmm. woman. Also, she doesn't appear yeah. to have any seamstresses, so she's making hundreds of gowns by herself <laughs> and measuring them all by herself. And then also still having time to have orgies with Benedict. <laughs> hmm You know, it just, it boggles the mind. And it is always, uh, you know, kind of boggled my mind how these elaborate dresses just seem to be, uh, to spring up out of nowhere. I need a dress for the ball tonight! And then, here's this amazing gown. Um, y'all just have these things sitting around and then you just take in a couple seams and bam, you're done? you know i don't think so but anyway at least in the in in books they were always like you can have it in a week that's more reasonable yeah yeah if you know i'm sewing my fingers to the bone you can have it in a week anyhow okay favorite scenes um i loved the scene at lady danbury's soiree i think it's a great character moment for daphne as well because Mm-hmm. She got to see that there is more to marriage than just babies, babies, babies. Yes, um, <laughs> and I think she definitely needs her horizons expanded and see that there's more to life than what her mother has told her. Um, yeah. And I'm like, yes, Landy- Lady Danbury, be her fairy godmother and take her to the ball <laughs> where she. <laughs> <laughs> 
show her all of the joys of being an independent woman back in those yeah. days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I was thinking, like, do you think she even knows who she is outside of outside of the performance she put on to catch a suitor? <laughs> no. Because she's spent all of her time, like, even the piano was to catch a man. Like, she literally just mm-hmm. needs time to find out what she likes and live it up and party and be herself and, like, mm-hmm. not have the expectations of her mother or society and I think she should spend some time mm-hmm. just being herself and without any kids before she becomes a mother and then she's just that for the rest of her life. Yeah. No, I I think that that this little taste of freedom um gave Daphne the opportunity to broaden her mindset. Let's just just let's just put it that way. Also, I was living for Kitty. I thought she was like I had such a girl crush on her. When I grow up, can I be Kitty Langham? <laughs> And I also really liked the Violet and Eloise scene. Mm-hmm. It redeemed Violet a bit to see her sort of course correcting her terrible parenting. Yes. It's like, okay, I kept I kept all this shit quiet for too damn long. Let me let me try and do something to to make life for the rest <laughs> of my children um uh, a good one. So I, you know, I, I, one of the things that I noticed, you know, how Eloise is always wearing the, um, her dresses with the little yeah. filmy thing covering her neck, really. Her neck and, and, and bosoms. They're trying to cover that shit up. Um, she, like, we can't know she's 33. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, okay, well, now she's going to be going out into society, into society. And so, Ta-da! It's there like they are. The big reveal. Here they are. They're here. Serving her up to the ton. I thought she looked great. I know I'm I did supposed too. to be like I was like, girl, you look better. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know, and it's in the way that she the way that she walks, kind of like with the book and it kind of hunched up, you know, it's like I know that that I know that, that is an absolute deliberate uh, choice uh, for the actress uh, to help uh, her assume this role um, because you know Eloise is bookish and she you know wants to be independent and doesn't give a fig about getting married and and you know all of of that kind of stuff so it's like yeah okay let me let me let me kind of curl up into myself um that's kind of like how I always looked whenever I was in formal wear of like prom or anything. I was just like, why am I dressed up like this? This is not normal. Um, any other favorite scenes that we haven't already discussed? Because we covered a lot of them uh, when we were talking about the storylines. I mean, other than the sexy, sexy scenes. Yeah. <laughs> like, for obvious reasons. Um, exactly. I quite liked watching Anthony and Simon interact again because I am like, I think in that moment I realized, oh, Simon's got a huge family now. Yes. Like, he's been completely alone and now he has this annoying older brother figure who's going to be like <laughs> bucking him. It's like, yeah, welcome, dude. You're not alone anymore. 
it's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. But they 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 beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, that it's was cute. pretty. Co- that was pretty comical. <laughs> what um, about you? Uh, I think that, um, you know, I really enjoyed seeing uh, Penelope and Eloise back together again. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, because they're 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 such sweet good friends. Um, uh, I really enjoyed that. I quite liked when in that scene in the in the garden, Penelope's first thing is she's like, "But how's Colin?" It's like you're yes. ruined that you were asking about Colin. Oh. I know. She's the sweetest thing ever. I love her so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we covered all of them. Um, as for least favorite, uh, <laughs> Anthony seeing the lady who shan't be named um, yes. was a big yawn. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, give it a rest. <laughs> you know, give it a rest. Oh god, oh god, is this why? Why? Like, this could have been done in episode three, and then we didn't have to think about it. Um, though I like that she's moving on. Get that mm-hmm. dollar girl. Exactly. Um, you know, she's doing. She's doing what she needs to do. And the guy she's with, cute. Get it. Get yeah. It. You know, go get it. Yeah. One thing, I know we talked about it in the storylines when we go b- bouncing back to favorite scenes. Um, <laughs> because, you know, the scene between Daphne and her mother, when Daphne oh, yeah. basically confronts her mom about Much the fact needed. that, you know, yeah, it's like, yo, you basically sent me out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be to use an overly dramatic metaphor, like a lamb to the slaughter, mm-hmm. you know, without having any idea what was about to happen to me. I mean, thankfully, Simon was uh, a gentle lover and oh, didn't God. just yeah didn't just pounce on her. Um, and you know, he gave her that little tidbit of of knowledge about hey. <laughs> There's there's some stuff you can do. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, that, that was very much needed. You know, Violet um, Violet Bridgerton is a, a a lovely mother, but you you gotta be. She's only doing. She's got. I think we've got to give her a break because she is raising eight kids and <sighs> by herself. Yeah, that's, that that's true. But, like she's only doing half of the work here. She's exactly. not preparing her kids for exactly, exactly, the world. exactly. Okay, sorry about that. I just had to get that yeah. out because it was a, that, that was, was an a awesome scene. scene. Yeah, awesome scene. Um, now, as far as least favorite scene, um, the scene with Baron um, Featherington and Will. Oh yeah, what was that about? Yeah, it's like, dude. I mean, good for the Will guy because he's getting Will screen time and, you know, make that money, boy. But yeah, I mean. It, why? Because, why? yeah. That's my main question. Because Baron Featherington is a freaking dick. He he is snidely whiplash. Thank you very much. I think we're supposed to suspect that whenever Portia is like, oh, my God, sort this out. He's act- And he's rude to her. He's actually thinking, oh, God, I've got to actually do that. <laughs> I am. Um... I think that there's not enough scenes with him to like flesh that yeah. out. He's just he's very, one dimensional. Yeah, he's, I wonder if there were more stuff and they've cut him out because he's quite a prominent actor for such a small role. Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but it uh, yeah, it mm-hmm. didn't work. Yeah, um, and I've also got to say like 
this Benedict storyline again. Oh, God. Where's it going? What is he learning? Wasn't he trying to be an artist? What happened yeah. to that? Now he's just exploring the fact that some people are gay. Well, newsflash. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that and, you know, he's now, now that he's sown a wild oat, he just can't seem to get enough of it. <sighs> he's not very good at it because he was like, don't tell my life. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, Lord. Um, Bless mm-hmm. him. Little Benny. Little Benny. See, performer of the episode. Um, For me, I'm going to say reggae. Yeah. Um. I was really moved by his reaction to her crying. I think I was more upset about that than her crying. Mm-hmm. Um, he does anguished oh stoicism God. so yeah. well. And you know, there was that moment in the stairwell where he like turned her down. Mm-hmm. In he, the way he looks at the camera, because he's looking at the camera and not mm-hmm. her. Um, he just doesn't have to say anything. You can read his lack of trust yeah. in his expression. He and I was like. That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, he um, he shines. He just shines in his scenes, um, and I am, you know, I especially, I especially love when the two of them are interacting with one another, and you see the emotions chasing across each other's face. Um, you know, it, it's it's you talk about chemistry. Um, seen, you know, chemistry between two actors and they have it in spades. I think when people talk about chemistry, they're just talking about like the sexual chemistry between people. And that's definitely there. But I think as performers, Mm -hmm. they just gel really Mm -hmm. well together and they, they work. And I'm like, God, give me the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. Yeah. Um, Totally agree. Uh, he's he is a delight to watch. I can't wait to watch other things uh, that he performs in. I really can't. He's gonna be gigantic. Yeah. Now. Oh I yeah. Can feel it. Yeah. Um, how about least favorite? Okay. How many bees out of five? I'm gonna give this four point five. <sighs> okay. I mean, it was good. It was good. Um, I was just. I was left really frustrated. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it the exact same score. Ah, we'll see. There you go. <laughs> That's why I gasped. I was like, oh, we've done it again. Um, yeah, I, I was just, I was just uh, left. I was left unsatisfed. <laughs> you know? that, That's exactly I think what they were going for uh-huh. and why normal people would just play the next episode yeah yes exactly <laughs> instead of spending a week going oh my god i have to see this episode this was the this was probably the hardest one for me to okay let me yeah. let me put it this way when i've watched the previous episodes you know where they get to the end of the episode and that little uh, thing at the bottom shows up that says um watch credits or next episode um, I have managed to hit watch credits fairly quickly because I didn't want to spoil myself. This time, I actually let it go all the way to the start of the episode, and then I turned it off. 
because the bit where it goes Shondaland, yeah, and you're like, oh shit, yeah. I mean, I I was incredibly tempted to watch it. It was really yeah. really hard. I think that was why my initial reaction was just complete anger. I was like, <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> I want resolution now. It's like I'm mad at myself because it was my idea. Like, yeah, what did I? Uh, I wish I could go back and slap Rita from <laughs> the end of December and be like, no, just watch the whole thing like everybody else, oh. just like normal people. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so uh, for our inbox, we got um, a really nice uh, note from uh, anonymous in our Tumblr inbox mystery magic box yes yes um what do you think about the complaint regarding the duration of simon's stamina so to speak (laughs) (laughs) that it's too short to be pleasurable to daphne personally i love these scenes and have enjoyed every single rewatch it's a huge plot point to see him pull out before he climaxes that it needed to be shown and they couldn't seriously stay on with him screwing for 20 minutes in a tv episode Plus, we see them midway through sessions when they're in bed, out on the lawn, and in the library. Whew, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right right there with him. Uh, right there with you. Do you we naughty. really want to watch them do it for No! <laughs> That'd be the whole episode. I mean, you know, it, it, when you start talking about that, then you're starting to get into soft porn. <laughs> because yeah. that's basically all you have there's no there is no pardon the expression no meat on the bone of the of the episode so it is really funny because i saw a series of tweets last week that was basically like there's no foreplay he comes in about 30 seconds like, this is not good sex and i was like you make an excellent point but also would we want to watch the no. good version of this no. no it would be boring no um, that's uh, what porn is for, surely. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly for that Pornhub. But <laughs> plus <laughs> these poor actors, can you imagine? <laughs> oh God! I mean, if you if you think about what all it takes to film uh, an uh, intimate uh, sex scene for television, television, um, you know, and all of the craziness that. You know, they've got to deal with the angles and the this and the that and the people in the room and the whole nine yards. <sighs> Honestly, give these guys some slack. Though, I, 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 I've heard that there's way more cut stuff of them screwing around <laughs> the estate than we've seen. Oh. <laughs> Which I'm like, I would like yes, to see Yes, I it. would too, because like I it. think that would be hilarious. I think it would be it would absolutely hilarious. Just keep yes. going and going, and you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> these poor, poor oh guys!" Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Um, you know, it's it, it in in some sense, you know, you see some of these um, uh, behind the scenes pictures and videos of these folks, and the friendship that these two actors have developed between one another. Yeah. You know, it's clear that. They both enjoyed the hell out of working with one another. And, um. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Because they were working with each other a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Yes. So, anyway, thank you, Nani. Um, what have we got for the final episode that Rita is going to 
go directly from editing and watch. Or I honestly think you should just skip editing, go and watch it, and then do the editing. (laughs) I think I'd be really, like, frustrated that I couldn't immediately talk about it. So (laughs) that might be bad. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay, so what's that? Anyway, so episode eight is called After the Rain. And the description reads as follows. The really bland (gasps) description. Um, The Duke and Duchess's season-ending ball signals a turning point for their marriage and ushers in changes of fortune and fate for those around them. (laughs) Okay, so new info for me. There's a ball? Yes! There's a ball! And there's a ball. And I guess their marriage is going to be fine after it (laughs) rains. Uh, Um, Apparently so. After raining, I guess. Yay. But, um, yeah, I, you know, you've got to hand it to whoever at Netflix is responsible for writing these descriptions um, because they're evil. It's a sentence of nothing. They're evil. It's a sentence of just, how can you write a sentence where nothing happens? But Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> evil. I don't think I w- would want to know much going into the... No. I say that I probably already know all the information. Well, you've read the damn you've like, read the damn book. But you say that, but like I don't know what happens to Marina, <laughs> and I don't know about all this other stuff. What happens? Like, what happens with the opera singer? Dot 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 dot. I know she's unless she like dies off dramatically. I know she's sent off into, <laughs> into the the ether. Um, oh dear what else is that i don't know is there going to be a boxing fight i feel like that there has to be one yeah there has to be one with you know all of the shenanigans that uh baron featherington was trying to deal with he's gonna lose more money and it's like baron featherington why are you so stupid stop doing the same thing and expecting a different reaction Mm -hmm. yeah um penelope deserves better honestly actually the whole featherington oh my god yes Oh my god, I yes. I love Portia. She's a queen doing the best she can in the world. I'm still kind of mad at Violet for hating on her. I'm like, you would have done the same thing as one of your daughters, okay? <laughs> so don't come at me with that attitude, Violet. Oh, yeah, that was a seriously holier-than-thou attitude. <laughs> I mean, and I just... although she did give the perfect, uh, the perfect example of the cut direct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I gasped and like nothing even happened. I, know. I was like, <gasps> I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you hear about you know the the cut direct in you know, like novels and stuff like that, and you know you think, well, okay, how bad could it be? Fuck. When everyone is watching, oh, terrible. Yeah, absolutely ghastly. <laughs> well, look, one of the things I need them to do is makeup because mm-hmm. you know they're gonna have to at some point yeah. because when colin and penelope end up have it falling madly in love <laughs> they're gonna be family yes lord mm-hmm. <sighs> so anyhow that's it from us this time but we will be back next week recapping and discussing the last episode of season <gasps> one Ah, I'm sad. Uh, I'm sad, but I'm so thrilled that we have a season two to look forward to. That's a good point. Yes. And apparently they're starting 
in March. Nice. <gasps> nice. You think for another Christmas time release? I think that might be pushing it, but, that you know, maybe it's quicker this time because they don't have to start from scratch. Yeah, true enough. True enough. Okay. Who knows? Someone at, at, at Netflix, tell me. <laughs> yes, please. Get in contact. Please. We need to know. And, you know, some little juicy behind-the-scenes stuff would be really great, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give us the photos. Mm-hmm. Give us the deets. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, until then, uh, follow us on social media. We are at Bridgerton Fancast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email us at BridgertonFancast at gmail.com, or you can go to our message page on Tumblr. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, because it really helps us reach a larger audience. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye! Bye!